Hello and welcome to the Four Comic Junkies podcast. When the comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. I'm your host, JJ Hodges, and this podcast is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by the dadgum original Batman on Film. <sighs> Goodness. What a, what a month it's been, March. <laughs> you son of a bitch. How dare you show your face here after all the shit you pulled last year? <sighs> what am I going to do with you? Anyway, let's not worry about all that. Let's get into today. Today's episode, we are talking Watchmen, the movie directed by Zack Snyder. You might have heard of him. He's got a uh, certain director's cut of a certain controversial film coming out soon. I'm actually really looking forward to that. Um, I, I, You know, I like Zack Snyder. Um, Dawn of the Dead was... Is a lot of fun. That's a cool movie. You know, Watchmen, I think, is great. Uh, I love Batman vs. Superman and Man of Steel. So I'm sure I'll like his Snyder Cut. My guest today is returning guest Jesse James. He's going to be here all month, folks. Well, except for one. <clears throat> and, you know, we, uh, we do what we always do. We talk comics. We talk movies. We talk TV. We talk life. We talk non fucking stop and I'm so sorry I'm sorry it's non-stop I tried to stop it really did but he wouldn't let me I'm kidding um yeah we have a good time as always you can find me Facebook Twitter Instagram at 4comicjunkies there's even an email 4comicjunkies at gmail.com oh man what a what a time to be alive that I can interact with all of you and you get to hear my beautiful voice. Right? You like it? Nope, you do. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. That was really weird and annoying. Let's get on to the episode, shall we? We're just going to pretend like we have recorded the other stuff first. Shit, we're starting. Anyway. Um, oh, no. <laughs> here we go. Well, that was a good start. Anyway, uh, so we're talking the Watchmen, uh, Watchmen movie, which is um, a Zack Snyder joint. You know, um, he's one of those uh, controversial film. Directors. One of the, one of the films he kind of got pretty well known for, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, I was. I think he got it because Three Hundred was so yeah. well received. Um, and. I That's got, just how Hollywood works. Like, you have a success, they're like, do it again, but with this story. <laughs> just do the same thing. Yeah. But that's, and as much as I enjoy the film, I have to say that you can't do Watchmen like you do 300, and I don't think he knew that yet. By the time he got to, like, Man of Steel, he his film style had changed a little you bit. You mean, like, just total action kind of thing? Yeah. Because I, I feel like the, the sex and the violence is really glorified in the movie. Um, maybe not glorified is the right word, but you know what I mean? Where it's just, um, I don't know, they, they push for that R rating a lot, I feel like. Um, versus, like, it's like it fits 300 perfectly. Yeah, I mean, 300, that's like an audience of 90% men yeah. for all the <laughs> sex and fighting. But I didn't think it was too bad. I didn't think it was too forced in Watchmen. Uh, the only thing that, that bugged me about it was the the slow motion, the speed up stuff with some of the fights. It was mm. like, that that felt off to me. That was Zack Snyder versus what Watchmen should be. I mean, yeah, in 300, that technique was like amazing. Oh, yeah. When there's that long side pan and he's just kicking ass, Gerard Butler. Right, right. But yeah, I mean, he was he was doing what he knew. He was doing what had proven successful. Yeah. I think some of the action, like um, Rorschach's fighting scenes, mm. I I actually was happy that it was so hardcore. I yeah that that scene is a standout for me. Like the uh, the sound of the punches landing, yeah, was great, and just just the speed. I mean, he took down like a SWAT team. Yeah, and it's I don't know. So it's like I go the back one to... that was a little silly. I think was um, the the first scene where. 
comedian fights uh spoilers uh Ozzy Mendez yeah um yeah I that that felt like that that one and when he stops the shooter and he comes into his building oh yeah yeah, yeah you know yeah. it just that looked weird oh, to me oh when they do that in slow motion yeah it was just like I was like eh yeah, he he starts doing like somersaults and like dodging bullets. I guess it was kind of that one didn't bother me, but I remember like first watching the movie and that opening fight, there like the way people got like thrown around, it, it almost felt like oh wait, is this gonna be one of those movies where like physics don't really apply? For and, sure. <laughs> and then I feel like it wasn't as bad for the rest of the movie, mm-hmm. but that opening scene, yeah. Um, one 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 fight scene I think is great is when Rorschach and Night Owl take on Osman Diaz at the at the compound in the end. Um, it's just like both of them coming at him, and he he just you know lay waste well, to him like with no no effort basically. One of my biggest, well the the character I liked most in the comic was Ozzy Mendez and. Mm-hmm. I think in the comic they portray him more as being like perfect in every way. Yeah. They talk a lot about his workout regimen and how in like physical peak he is. And so I guess that's how they were trying to show it. I, the the casting of him always felt a little off to me. Like he was a he seemed a little too young like a like a rich son kind of character. He didn't have that mature successful businessman that came from nothing and he looks like a chad you know <laughs> like his dad is rich and he, i totally get what you're saying and and i don't i don't like that actor anyway uh matthew good i've seen him in a couple other things i don't think I don't he's know that if i've ever seen him in anything else I, I don't remember what it was but i saw him in something else and i don't think he's that great anyway um but i did kind of like how his suit was sort of a parody of like the the batman and robin suits he's got like mm. the nipples and everything yeah, the uh, muted colors yeah. of the purple and gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they they did a pretty good job uh, modernizing some of the some of the aesthetic. Um, I loved um, I th- another big change from comic uh, to movie costume is Night Owl, and I think Night Owl's costume in the movie is way better. Yeah, I mean it in the comic it was you know like fabric and feathers, right? Yeah, it just it just it just looks like a a Batman parody comp uh, costume, whereas in this in the movie, I felt like, well, if he's gonna be like quote unquote like Batman with the technology and the costume, it would look like a little more armor like. Yes, yeah, yeah. I feel like every superhero movie, kind of, like we don't have that problem. Anytime there's a superhero movie, they do a good job. Costume departments always do a good job of making it seem more like it it would protect them. It yeah. looks, you know, the X Men movies. I, I never minded the X-Men movie costumes. Exactly. They yeah. it's believable that this is what someone who's out like doing hand-to-hand combat would wear and right. stuff like that. But yeah, yeah Night Owl. Yeah, e- even like his goggles, they did a good job of making them like advanced technology, but mm. in that time when yeah. technology was not very advanced. Right. So it it's uh what is it 1985 in the movie Back to um, the Future. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's uh it, it 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 does seem like okay, so that's somewhat futuristic for them, I guess. Uh, um, yeah, there's no way that technology would have would have existed. Well, maybe I don't know what the army had back then. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Um, so when when did you first see the movie? Did you see it in the theaters? I did. I remember seeing the trailer, and I had no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. I saw the trailer at the theater. But you knew what it was, and yep. and we had a mutual friend that was with us, and and they knew what it was, and I was like, well, I I can't be left out, and mm-hmm. I remember getting the comic and I read it. It it took me like a whole summer to read it, um, where I would you know just kind of chip away at it, but I really dug it. Yeah, it it's uh, I remember seeing the trailer, like hearing that they were finally making the movie because it was quote unquote unfilmable for the longest time, which. I thought was total bullshit like that like technology wise technology wise and plus like the story I guess people were like you know a little too dark not not just that but like it's meant to be a comic book it it won't work as a film which I never I mean that's something the author says and I 
I can see why he says that. We just, he hates Hollywood. So. Yeah. I, not that I've ever like written a comic book, but I could understand when you put your time into something and it's, you know, you want the audience to interpret it a certain way mm-hmm. on the page. And then you have like other creators that come in and kind of deflower it. Yeah. You know, I could see how that wouldn't sit well with everyone, but right. I do enjoy the film a lot. And in my mind, I love comics, but you know, film is like the ultimate form of storytelling. It just bombards your senses. Yeah. And, it, and I think, well, I mean, at the time it was written, I mean, like the, the, greatest comic book movie at that time was like the first superman movie and even that's you know fairly cheesy oh yeah i mean i'm glad they didn't try to make it back then well like apparently there were rumors that like arnold schwarzenegger they wanted him to play dr manhattan which probably wouldn't have been great um (laughs) i mean that's essentially his character in batman and robin big blue uh shaved head arnold schwarzenegger oh man uh i don't know if i'd buy him as like a all his one-liners instead of ice themed would just be like time and space themed like we're we're running out of time (laughs) you're out of time (laughs) got to get back in time i've had it with this planet (laughs) yeah i get to the mars (laughs) um i i went with my friends to go see it and at that time like superhero movies were starting to kind of get cool again you know where there was um like uh, the first Iron Man had come out, ba- or uh, Batman, Jesus, um, the Dark Knight was out. So they were like, "Oh, a new superhero movie!" Like, sure, we'll go with you. And it's like three three hours long, and they were kind of like, "I guess it was okay." And I was like, "Really? Oh yeah. man!" But like, they didn't know the comic. Like, yeah, I you definitely appreciate it more if you've read the comic. Yeah, and the comic is so vast. You know, in between every chapter is is a small like text chapter yeah like, i had a friend i was i was working at best buy at the time and he's like he's like yeah i started to read it but you know the those big you know word sections i just i can't get into those and and i tried to convince him i'm like dude just give it a shot yeah. it all intertwines like he didn't write anything in there just to have fluff like it yeah. all plays so if you can really um remember all of it as you go through you know the payoffs are that much bigger. Yeah, the the Black Raider stuff plus the um, the all, all the Minutemen stuff. Yeah, yeah. And of course, they could not fit all of that into the movie, but that opening sequence where you kind of see like flashbacks of the Minutemen stuff, I thought uh, was great. That was the best way to do it. It it um, definitely sets the tone of the film. Like you understand you know in the 50s what superheroes were like and how mm-hmm. that progressed and everything just got more violent and i think it it it, it also it looks visually incredible it does um, great cinematography it, yeah. it's almost like they're um like theater scenes because the lights come up yep. and fade to black with each one yeah um my favorite part of it was um was the comedian was the one that killed Kennedy. I just yeah. Didn't they, they add that? Yeah, because that that wasn't. I don't think that's anywhere in the comic. And that to me just made perfect sense. And I mean Jeffrey Dean Morgan, all the props to him. Yeah. Because that's a character that I don't think anybody likes. You know, and it, it would, he he made it kind of likable. Yeah. Because aside you, from the terrible thing. Yeah. <laughs> man, let me let me take that back. Don't don't air that. <laughs> he did a lot of bad stuff. He he did. He's charismatic though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I think, and I think that another change that they made with him is that in the comic he's he's very young, but in the movie they they aged him up a little bit, um, like when he's part of the Minutemen. I mean, because I think in the comic he's like sixteen, but in the really yeah he's very young, he's sixteen, nineteen, something like that. So when that couldn't have been because he he either way they aged him up because Jeffrey D. Morgan obviously wasn't gonna look nineteen or. 20. Yeah, but doesn't he have that's when he gets um Silk Spectre pregnant, right? Uh or is that like later that's, in that, the Minutemen? That's later in the Minutemen. They don't I don't think they ever say when. Um, but it's still after he had fought in the war? Yeah, wait. I don't remember him being young ever. I remember him being very young in the first part of the Minutemen. 
uh, like when they take the picture and everything, and he attacks. And he burns the map. No, no. When he attacks. Oh, um, that's that's in the future. Yeah, when he attacks. Um, Hoodie. Sally. Sally. Oh, not Sally. Wait, Sally. Well, Sally. Yes, because there's Sally and Lori. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you were you were right. I was getting them mixed up. There's another yeah. one where, man, Malin Ackerman, who plays, you know, Lori, not. No, not, no. not her, not her best, not her best performance. Uh, I, it's it's almost as if she doesn't understand the material, but she's trying anyway. I mean, from if you watch the movie, the sense of her character I get is that she's she feels very trapped, mm-hmm. which obviously the government keeps her hostage as a tool to manipulate Doctor Manhattan, mm-hmm. and then she kind of finds some. Uh, adventure and peace with Night Owl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I don't think she was that bad. I mean, when you have such compelling characters like Rorschach and Doctor Manhattan, she she kind of gets outshined by them. I think. Well, I th- I think Alan Moore isn't the greatest at writing women anyway. Um, but <coughs> so the male characters do kind of. Take the spotlight. Yeah, and I mean it's it's it was not uncommon back then anyway. I mean you think about like, uh, like my friend Chelsea and I we talked about, uh, Carrie Kelly that that in Dark Knight Returns she's written very well, but, um, like, Selena in that is not written very well, and it's just. Mm-hmm. Um, and he worked on Swamp Thing, right? Alan Moore did, yeah. The Dark Knight was was Frank Miller, right? Uh, but but yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think of other female characters he's written. Um. It's been a while since I've reread Swamp Thing and the, with with uh, Abby in it, um, but at the yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm trying to think right now on the spot if she adds to the story, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean her her whole payoff is when she realizes comedians her father, and then that's what convinces. That John to come back to Earth. That scene was done really well in the movie. I thought, like it, it conveyed it a little bit better because the first time I read the comic, I didn't quite get it. Um, but then, like watching the movie, and again, why these mediums and like you said, it's the ultimate form of storytelling. It works a little bit better. Like when he's like, you know, his friend's daughter. It's like, oh yeah, that, that needed to be <clears throat> that needed to be said out loud because it's said out loud, and suddenly it's like. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, when you go back the second time, then you're like, oh, now I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think uh, the person who had had it roughest in terms of like how to perform is Billy Crudup as Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, but that, that's a character nailed it. He did, and that's a character that is very hard to nail. And I think. The first scene with him, I didn't care for because I didn't like the way he was written, and I've told you that before. Where it's just like he's like, if only you could experience time the way I do. I'm like, dude, this isn't that's not how he talks. I don't I don't like it. And then and then later when they stick, yeah, it was clearly exposition. They're trying to yes. inform the audience how he perceives time because that plays into the story largely later. Yes, um, and I think the way and uh, watching it an, a second time, well, actually more than that over the years. Um, when he says, uh, when Adrian says, you know, everyone thinks that John is emotionless, but he's not like the slightest tick in his face. He might mm-hmm. as well have been openly weeping. I think Billy Crudup does that very, very well, especially in the scene where he gets attacked by the press. Um, yeah. On the talk show. Yeah. And it, it's really hard to be emotionless. Or, or cold and but still but not come across as woody yeah it's definitely like a nuanced performance yeah yeah and he found ways to have it come to the surface um it, it was interesting when the when the cast was first announced I, I remember misreading it because i thought that patrick wilson was playing manhattan and crudup was playing um that would have been hilarious <laughs> was, was playing night owl but um but then, like when I saw the movie or started to see the trailers and stuff, I was like, "Oh, maybe I was wrong," um, because I thought that Patrick Wilson, just on the surface, he actually kind of looks like the way John is drawn in the comic, like a little bit at least. Um, but then I was like, "Oh, well, 
I don't know, dude. He <laughs> he looked exactly like Night Owl in um, the movie. Oh, 100%. Yeah, they... The way he, they grew his hair, and he has, like, a little bit of a gut. Yeah, I remember him, uh, it was, like, when they were at Comic-Con, and he was, like, you know, you hear about all these, like, guys, like, you know, like, Christian Bale goes into the gym for, like, you know, four hours a day. He's, like, I could just sit on the couch and drink a few beers. <laughs> That's awesome. And I was, like, that'd be, that'd be a lot of fun. The only thing is, in the comic, he's always drawn with, like, his eyebrows, like, the uh, opposites. You know, he's making, like, a face like he's i'm doing like a that face that i can't can't do over a podcast (laughs) like his brow is furrowed in a way that makes him like look like he's scared i guess he's just like yeah yeah um it's i think he was written better in the movie than in the comic yeah he wasn't like a total loser in the movie the way he is in the comic but but again i i think that is the way alan moore intended him to be was like Mm -hmm this complete burnout who who wasn't a very um man who was comfortable in his own skin and so it it's uh it's funny because there is a little bit of like a not to the extreme but a little bit of a dark knight returns parallel there where like he's not himself until he puts the costume back on definitely and and in the comic it's done very well and then in the movie i think it's done very well too and and i think that you get a good sense of it with Patrick Wilson. Um, and, you know, the, there's a thing. It's in the, like, the super-duper long-ass extended cut, the <laughs> the four-hour cut. Have you ever watched that, by the way? Yeah, that's yeah. my favorite. Um, I haven't watched that in a long time. But um, when he uh, – it's like the, the scene that I kind of liked from the comic was when the police show up at his house, like, right before, you know, the ending, um, and he and Rorschach take off to go find – Ozymandias in in the Arctic, because um, they that's throughout the comic they keep coming to him and saying, oh, you know, we think you know something, and, and yeah, he, he's like, you know, why were you at the comedian's funeral? You know, you had no connection to him, and then you know, they, uh, yeah, and he kept visiting the old night owl, yeah, 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 uh, and that that actor too, I don't I don't know his name, uh, you know, I apologize to him because, but I think he, I I loved those characters and I love that scene with them when he's like, he's like, ah, do you ever miss it? He's like, no. Do you? He's like, no. And and you know they're both lying. You yeah. Know? Oh, it's great. And when that gang attacks and and the old night owl is just like, like he's raring to go. Yeah. He gets a couple hits in. Yeah. Yeah. And doesn't it cut back to like him as, as a young as night a young, owl? Night owl. Oh, yeah. So good. It, it is because he would punch the gang and it would cut to him uh, as young night owl punching like like a gangster. Yeah. So it was like a a really cool parallel and. And that's and that kind of stuff that Snyder would do. I think was really visually exciting, and you know the the comic book and, and emotionally the, exciting. It, like absolutely, you, you feel it. Like you, you know exactly what he's going through. Even because I think that sometimes, you know, I mean, we talk about this a lot, but like less less is definitely more. But in some cases, the that's just the right enough of more. You know, where it's like we probably wouldn't have had that emotional charge in that fight scene without those flashbacks you know what i mean mm. um and, th- and that has to be like done well because if you do it too many times obviously that's i think it's the only time they do it in the movie yeah i think the the key is to u- use it sparingly or or use it um with intent because mm-hmm. obviously that character you know longs for the days of yore right and so they were able to visually show it like come out mm-hmm. and it works so well. The it, it it does, and it uh, and it's it makes it that much more heartbreaking when he loses and he gets killed, um, and then even and it's done v- very well from book to movie when you know uh, Dan uh, when Dryberg when he when he realizes when he sees that gang member and he loses and, his and he, mind yeah and <laughs> oh my gosh yeah that, and that's that's again something that makes him like a, a more powerful character on screen yes because he just takes the gloves off and beats the crap out of that guy my favorite change that i thought worked very well in the movie versus the book was when rorschach is killed and he run and dryberg runs back into the compound and he just beats the hell out of um <clears throat> out of ozymandias because 
you know, in the book, they're just like, we can't tell anyone because it'll ruin this world peace thing. And, and yeah. he's just like, he's like, wait, okay. Yeah, he, he <laughs> it's, was it's like. It's literally a panel. <laughs> he's super down to just, like, never tell anyone about his dead friend. Yeah. And he's like, eh, well, right. Um, whereas, like, but I think, again, in the, the movie, having, uh, I don't know if runtime is the right word. Like, uh, it's more condensed. Um, yeah, that's, that's a better word. It's, it's more condensed. So you got to see their friendship throughout the movie. So when that happens, it, it makes more sense for that emotional payoff. Versus in the comic, yeah, y- there was so much going on that you could kind of forgive it, I guess. Um, even though I, when I, I when I first read it, I was still a little bit like, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, but you know, we've talked about before that Ozymandias in the comic, his reaction was like a million times better than in the movie, where he's just like, he's he's like, I did it, I saved billions, and, and we're just like, well, I like in the comic. There's there's one panel in particular where he. He's like looking. He's looking up in the, you know, as the audience. You're looking straight down at him, and he, mm-hmm. his eyes are like tearing up. Yeah. And he says, "I did it." Yeah. And like mm-hmm. I, I felt it. Yeah. And that, all of that emotion was kind of missing, from his character in the movie. Yeah, I think you know most of the cast is really great, but like it's like him too, where I felt like, I don't know if he just didn't get the material, or maybe. Maybe Snyder just wasn't giving him great direction. I mean, who knows? Um, but he just was kind of, I don't know. There was, like, when he gets attacked at the beginning of the movie, and and they're, like, they're talking about, like, the toy line. It's like, oh, they want to make toys of your enemies. And he's like, okay. He gets attacked, and then he's like, tell them I don't have any enemies. And he just kind of, like, sits, and he looks really defeated. Um, whereas they don't do that in the movie. And I'm just like, I'm like, you're, you're well, missing something. Here. Yeah, I mean, what the the reason I liked his character the most is because I just love a, a juicy character who has a master evil plan, and his is like the most sinister plan of plans, mm-hmm. and he executes it with like such a precision. Yep. Well, that's it. But that's the thing, though, is that in the book, I felt like it, when it's revealed, he's the villain. It's it's genuinely a twist. Whereas yeah, like throughout because the, they're painting him more as like he's on the side of the heroes. Yeah, and, and then, he's going through stuff. Right, and then in the movie, it, it just it's like even if you'd never read the book, you'd probably be like, I think he's the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, he's just very cold. And yeah, yeah, you're right. They don't give him any opportunities to like show his humane side. Yeah, whereas like like we were saying before, like with Billy Crudup, he does get to do that. Like when he's they show all the flashbacks and that issue that they captured, the Dr. Manhattan backstory issue that they put in the movie. I mean, I think that's my favorite part of the movie. It's perfect. I remember the first trailer. That's the scene that they show right at the beginning is, is him in the chamber. And I was just like, I was getting goosebumps going, <gasps> Whoa. I'll go back and like, just watch that scene on YouTube. Yeah. Like the music and the pacing all of it just like i get goosebumps when i watch it now yeah even today yeah yeah it's fantastic um and again those performances are really great when he is like you know when he's like i feel fear for the last time it's like you see that and and the i mean billy crudup's a really great actor anyway Mm -hmm. Um, you know like like big fish um and even just like the couple of scenes he has in justice league he's great you know um i i really uh so when I knew he was going to be in the movie, I was excited because I was like, I, I didn't know most of those actors. Um, like Patrick Wilson, I didn't even know. I think that was the first movie I ever saw him in was Watchmen. Um, and now I'm like a huge fan. I think I saw him in The Phantom of the Opera. Oh, that's right. But I didn't realize it was him. I think I just realized it was him like six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Raul. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's that's him? And then, you know, we, we were watching it the other night um, or, you know, a couple weeks ago and I was just like, I was like, oh, yeah, it's, it's, there he is. <laughs> yeah, that's the guy. And I was just like, yeah. Shouldn't have been standing there. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, I, and same with uh, Rorschach. Ugh. I didn't, I don't think I had seen him in anything. I, I don't either. I knew he was like a child actor because he's in like the original Bad News Bears from like the 70s with Walter Matthau. Um, 
And I think that's like all I knew about him. Um, but I don't think I ever saw that movie. I just I I knew that because that's like when they say like you know like Patrick Wilson from Phantom of the Opera, you know like Billy Crudup from Big Fish. It's like you know Jackie Earl Haley from <laughs> Bad News Bears, <laughs> 1976 or whatever it was. Just like okay, have you not worked since then? Like. <laughs> Um, that's another whole sequence that really was just perfect. I his uh, looking at the Rorschach card scene. Yeah, that that scene. I mean, every scene with the him. whole sequence. Well, the funny thing, like the cool thing in the in the because in the comic, it's the it's the the psychiatrist narrating the whole time, mm-hmm. and but in the movie they film they actually do the scene where he says I'm not locked in here with you you're locked in here with me because in the comic he just says it that he's just like he burned he threw oil on one of the prisoners face today and this yeah. is what he said yeah um and i think it was a and again the whole like yeah not less is more kind of a thing that works so much better in the movie uh to show that um and, agreed and uh you know the what's that guy's name like like big he's like big man small talk or something like that he says those lines when he's like uh, big finger yeah what big finger big finger yeah that was oh big figure wait big figure was that it maybe it's going to drive me nuts <laughs> <laughs> um oh like, yeah cuz he says small world and he's like oh yeah 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 he's yeah, like yeah. Oh, I, I like that yeah those those scenes I thought were really great, and, and there's like, it it works. It actually works a little bit better in the comic. The tension building up, um, like with the riots and everything, because it's like it all hinges on that prisoner that Rorschach maimed. If he dies, then right. the prison riots. It works a little bit better in the comic because it's fleshed out a little bit more. I mean, chalk it up to. I mean that oil scene when he hits him with that, it's, and I've worked in a in a restaurant with. Uh, it's, open fryers yeah oh my god it's you you get that sense that like that's what would happen and that's terrifying i like even just like being in front of a fryer when it like bubbles up and yeah. like yeah it hits your, your arm, arm and you're like oh god <laughs> even when you're cooking bacon <laughs> oh god damn it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he never breaks he never gets scared mm-hmm. like he's just this unstoppable intimidating force yeah oh and it's so good he I mean, I think consistently from book to movie, he's the, him and comedian are the best. I think, um, and I, I think it what it, it's just so exciting watching him because it's sort of like that feeling of um, like you, like okay, like Chris Evans as Captain America. It's like oh yeah, hundred percent embodied that character. You know, it's like that's that's the voice I'm hearing if I read a comic book. It's like if I go back to reread Watchmen, now I'm hearing Jack Earl Haley, mm. and you know, oh, totally. And I and I found it, you know, on a slight tangent because you know we'll get to that in a later episode. But in the comp from the in the the TV show that you could understand that these people would, if they're going to start like their Seventh Cavalry, the Rorschach cult. They, they're misinterpreting what he was about you know like he yeah. was a, but Rorschach like I mean the the mask was perfect because it's black and white that there's 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 justice and there's evil and there's yeah, no I mean that show did everything right on yeah. crafting motifs from you know old the old aesthetic of the comic mm-hmm. and oh I I hope I'm on that episode because so much to talk about oh yeah yeah for sure um but I love, I love the, the ending because it's like, as much as I'm glad we got the sequel series, uh, with the TV show and even with um, there's a, a new series that's going on right now, uh, Rorschach that Tom King is is writing. Um, I've read the first issue; it's pretty good. Um, looking forward to how it all ties together. But anyway, um, lost my train of thought. Uh, and and also Doomsday Clock. It's mm-hmm. like, I felt that I mean. You're, you're, these guys that are writing these things, they understand what made Watchmen work, you know? Yeah, and it, it, to me, it seems like they're not just trying to cash in on the story. They're actually putting the work in. How can they build off of the original story mm-hmm. rather than 
I mean, you could argue that, that the movie changes some things that didn't need to be changed, mm-hmm. maybe to appeal to a wider audience, mm-hmm. but especially in the show, and I, I've not gotten through Doomsday Clock yet, but they are not, they're, they're doing the original story justice. Yeah. Um, it's, and I think, uh, I remember reading that there were rumors that um, Paul Greengrass that did, um, I think, a couple of the Born Identity movies, um, like he was set to direct at a certain point, and and he and the studio talked about updating the story so that it takes place like today as Ugh. opposed to in, in the 80s. And I'm glad that when they finally made the movie, they didn't do that. Because to do the sequel series on HBO, it makes perfect sense to put it on today. Um, because you're adding to the legacy of the story. Um, whereas it 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 would be a completely different story if, if you were to be like, we're doing the exact same Watchmen story, but it takes place in 2020 versus, you know, taking place in 1985. Yeah. Or the, the alternate 1985. Even if they made that awesome, I think I would like it less. Yeah, it, it, just, it, it would be that moment of, well, you know, like, what's better, the book or the movie? It's like, well, it's still the book. Well, we should probably talk about the elephant in the room and the fact that they changed uh, the climax of the film. Yeah. And I... I don't mind it. I think if you are someone who's never read the comic and you watch the movie, it's a satisfactory master plan. It it makes it makes let's, sense in that. Let's sense. Uh, radiate the populace, incriminate Doctor Manhattan, and this will cause the world's nations to come together. Mm-hmm. Now, if you've read the comic and you see his plan and how he he brings it, uh, he makes it come about. Yeah. It just dwarfs the movie plot. Yeah, like it's it's something else entirely. The I mean, there's so much suspense that he's kidnapping uh, doctors and artists, and they're all working on this thing, and you have no idea what it is. You're you're just seeing like pieces of it, like every chapter. There's a drawing of it at one point. You just um, see like yeah. a tentacle, yep, or like a fang, and then at the end when it shows up, it's you're you're like what am i reading like i thought this was like a superhero story but mm-hmm. now this is like getting into you know lovecraftian outer outer limits that's that's your that's your jam there <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> i just i love it yeah uh, it it's and again i think that that's where that's something that not that it wouldn't have worked in the movie if they had done it differently but um and obviously why in the HBO show they they made it a sequel to the comic book versus making it a sequel to the movie. Uh, which again, Smart move. I think it was too. Um, because in the movie, it's like, that would have been a whole other I was thinking about it today, and, and I'm, I, before we got here, and I'm, I was thinking why they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And the most logical reason was they didn't have time to like flush it out. Right. I'd, I've never researched why they changed it. Um, and for the most part, that's that's the reason. You know, they they didn't have the time, and they were, and I think they were thinking audience majority audiences would be confused by it, um, and maybe they would be. Who knows? But it's also like, well, if you're confused, then you can read the fucking book. Like, <laughs> it's all right there. <laughs> yeah, I think it's worth it to, uh, you know, keep the story intact, even if you have people who aren't aren't gonna understand it their first time watching it yeah there the panel in the comic i think it's like a full page mm-hmm. of the dead creature it's like his face yeah, yeah. and all his limbs are just like kind of laying bloody yeah that shot I, in the show where um the one character is on coney island he he comes out of like a fun house and sees like everyone dead, and yeah. then it's one shot where the camera pulls back and goes all the way over to New York, yeah, to that panel of the dead creature. Yep, I'm telling you, man, if you had put that in the movie, I mean, they did it in a couple seconds right there. I think, uh, I think, <sighs> would have been great. <laughs> it, I I think you're right uh, because it, I don't know. I don't. I guess I'm. I guess I'm sort of an apologist in a way for sometimes when they make these movies, but 
that was my thought process was just like at the time when it was made and even now i'm like you know i don't really mind it i mean it's fine you know it's it's but all right but at the same time it's like you could you could sort of uh i guess the the issue being thinking of like the future of the of the franchise right not that there is a franchise but like there is now but um it's like well how is how is everybody gonna beat dr manhattan can't beat dr manhattan but we can prepare for another alien invasion I guess was <clears throat> sort of the thought process there. I, I don't know. Yeah, I never actually even thought about that. The the aftermath in the movie story, yeah. like what happened after the movie. I don't think I've ever really. The the only thing that I've ever thought about, and what I thought Doomsday Clock does really well, um, is the that the movie doesn't really do, uh, or I'm sorry, not the movie. Excuse me. Uh, the the HBO show doesn't do. Which is the um, like the the fallout with um, Rorschach's journal? Because oh yeah, that I remember watching it with you the first the first time I watched the show, and I was like, well wait, didn't the the comic and the movie? It ends very obvious that the journal gets released, and so mm-hmm. uh, Ozymandias's plan is exposed, but apparently not. Um, I mean, like, that's where I thought, but then again, Doomsday Clock, at least on the Watchmen world, is, it's like a direct sequel. So it's like, right after that, people, like, figure, like, realize that Ozymandias... I guess you could, you could argue, um, people of the world could be divided on on whether it's real or not. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, I mean, look at today, you know. Yeah, that's what I, that's what made me think of it. Yeah. People just love to take sides on things. Yeah. So and you know, and that and that's a whole other topic in and of itself. Um, because I, it's funny because uh, when the election was happening, um, before Biden was declared the winner, I was like, man, if it's Trump, I can't help but get a little bit of Watchmen vibes, a little bit of that, you know, Nixon's elected a third term kind of a thing. You know, when they right at the beginning of the movie, and you know, that's how mm. the the opening credit scene ends. Um, and it's in the comic, obviously, because Nixon is very, I mean, it's clear that, I mean, I don't, I don't know, I didn't live in America, but, um, but he knew enough about American politics to really be able to poke fun of it. And, and in the movie, yeah. there's that great, there's that great scene when Nixon's just like, if they don't say when doomsday's coming, I say when doomsday's coming. Yeah. And I'm just like, I, and he also made him like a caricature, like his nose is all big. He, yeah, he looks it's very makeup-y. <laughs> yeah, like like the penguin. He does look like the penguin. Well, he looks more like the Burgess Meredith. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but 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 seriously, it's like he, he you do get those kind of tyranty vibes, and and I love in the Manhattan sequence when it's like the war is going on, and Kennedy and he makes a point to say like Kennedy would never want me to intervene, but they show Nixon just like pointing at him. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, Nixon Yeah, yeah, he says like he he asks me to go to Vietnam, something his predecessor would never do. Right. Yeah, yeah, something along those lines. Um and it's and uh, you just watch and go, mm, yeah, yeah. There he's kind of a I mean, Trump would send Dr. Manhattan everywhere. Oh, yeah. He'd send him to CNN. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm really glad this this is a hypothetical. <laughs> um but but again, uh, y- you know, um, going into that Vietnam stuff, I kind of, and I think where Jeffrey Dean Morgan is a great actor when he says, like, I think if we had lost here in Vietnam, it would have kind of messed us up as a country, but we didn't because of you. And it's mm. like, it's like that dialogue in the hands of a lesser actor would have just been so cheesy and stupid and. I think he Yeah, but you know what he's saying yes. because we did lose. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's calling attention to that. Yeah. Um that's that's clever writing. Yeah. You know. It's it, it is and I like that you know for as powerful and as smart as Manhattan is <clears throat> he's still at his core still just a man. So him getting kind of called out on stuff like Osmandias can can fuck with him and comedian you know calls him out and he says he's like you you could have stopped me you knew what was gonna yeah, happen that's and true you, and you didn't stop me um and he has no answer to that yeah 
he's just like yeah yeah that is something <clears throat> that the movie did pretty good is um when Ozzy Mendez explains how he made the tachyon technology to you know subvert his uh, precognizance so he couldn't see into the future yeah and he's like yeah I put two billion dollars into this and like yeah you're, you're feeling that evil plan like oh yeah. man he 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 probably could have done everything very easily if mm-hmm. um, Dr. Manhattan wasn't a factor right but even though this otherworldly godlike creature was there he found a way yep that and that's that's what's so compelling about Ozymandias that comes across really well in the comic that I, I just think was a little lacking in the film it, it is um, but I mean the scene towards the end when when Manhattan comes back and he attacks uh, Crudup and he's like the world's smartest man is nothing more to me than the world's smartest termite I was just because I, I think that's that's direct from the book um, and the way he does it I was like Oh shit! Yeah, like he's ready to <laughs> fuck him up, and then he pulls out the TV remote, and he's like, "What is this? Another super weapon for which to destroy me?" And he's like, "You could say that." And he just turns the TV on, and that's when everyone else realizes what his plan was. Yeah, and it was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good in the movie. It it is, and and I like that they kept that uh, from the comic to the movie where he says to night owl and rorschach he's like he said we can't let you do that he's like do that i it's already done it started at 35 minutes oh, ago. oh yeah yeah and it's such a and i remember reading that and i remember seeing it in the movie and, and still getting this vibe of like oh they, they lost like it's the bad guy's gonna win but it's yeah there's always that moment when when the the villain is about to get a win that you're like oh are we gonna find a way to, to stop this? But yeah. when they start showing the panels of like the cities, I think it's mostly New York. Yeah. Like the guy at the newspaper stand when they get obliter- obliterated. And he grabs the the kid. Yeah. yeah and yeah. you're like, oh, this is hap- what? This is happening? Yeah. It, and it's and I love that it's not as simple as like the the good guys beating the bad guys or the bad guys winning. You could say very simply, "Oh yeah, well the bad guy won," like, but it's not. Well, it's like not you said, bad. they did a better job of having the other Watchmen characters react to that because right away, Doctor Manhattan he seems why it's logical. Yep. And then uh, Night Owl and Silk Spectre are like, oh, "No, no, no," but they're on the fence. Mm-hmm. And then Rorschach is like, "Absolutely not." Yep. And so now. They all have to figure out what's going to happen from here, and yeah. we all know how it ends. But yeah, it, and I—it wasn't black and white. No, no, not at all. Um, but I—I I love Rorschach's convic- conviction that she's just like, oh, dude, and when like, he takes the mask off, yep, and he's just like, do it, yeah, because I'm not backing down. Yeah, it's, and again, the the translation from, you know, uh, book to movie, I think. Snyder, you know, and his crew, they did such a great job of visually capturing everything, you know. So it's like when he explodes, he explodes into explodes, um, explodes into like a, a Rorschach oh, onto yeah. the snow, you know. It's it's very and and you know poetic, and, yeah. And it's so interesting seeing all these um, visual parallels in both. And I think. The um, the emotion of the story comes through from the actors, uh, from what they're what they're doing, um, but like the visual storytelling. And again, like I, I don't buy it when um, you know, Alan Moore all these years is like you know it's unfilmable. You can't film this, and and then you have like the Church of Alan Moore going, you can't film this. You know, I mean, I but it's like I think it's uh, a just a linguistics thing. Of course, it can be filmed. Like yep. anything can be filmed. What what he should have said is, you know, I didn't intend for this to be filmed. Yeah. And that would be more accurate. Which which at the time was probably true, but then as, and who could have predicted in nineteen eighty five eighty six the the change of technology? Well, uh, I mean, you know, J K Rowling could say, you know, I wrote these books and I I didn't. I don't intend 
for them to be on the screen and i don't i don't support that they are on the screen and if she didn't have the rights and then they made it you know she couldn't do anything that's that's the situation that alan moore found himself in so yeah it's his i don't know it's it's his work but then you have to decide you know yeah so many people get enjoyment out of it you know should it be made or does it belong to this person legally it doesn't so it's yeah i mean i guess it goes into the business side of things or whatever i mean that and there's a and whole, like a, business ethics yeah but that's, that's a whole other conversation he made, a, he made a deal and gave up the rights so but we i have this amazing movie to watch well it's 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 interesting because i always wondered um because there was talk of doing a watchman sequel or like a watchman series for the longest time and i read or i listened to an interview with damon lindelof um where he said that he was approached by hbo several times you know the original idea was like in 2009 or 10 when they were like we want you to do a sequel to the movie um and he and he just kept saying i'm not sure if i can do that like he had ideas but he wasn't like 100 percent sold yeah that that sounds like studios seeing the success of the film and saying let's just keep this going for the sake of keeping it going i'm more of a fan of if you can add to the story if you can build off the story then maybe try and tackle it there you know and and they tried in certain ways you know there was the before watchman comics which were hit or miss for the most part um and then there was and then there was doomsday clock when jeff john started rebirth um that you know it it, it was interesting to me seeing that because it 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 was like it it, to me it was always just this like weird thing like well watchmen's even though it's dc it's never going to cross over with uh with the regular dc universe oh if anyone could like it was mr johns and i i think and i think he did that very very well so i'm excited for you to read it Mm -hmm. and and get your uh, opinion on it um in a later episode to be continued coming soon <laughs> coming soon to the four comic junkies podcast um but uh and then you know there's the yeah but you're right the you know the comic coming out uh probably cemented the idea that all the fans are still alive and well and would like more media I, and i think for watchmen fans i never it was just mainly because it, it had been kind of sitting on the shelf i think for like 30 years where it's like um no, you can't touch this and it's sort of like well yeah know. it's not like traditional comics where they keep going forever yeah it's a complete story yeah. that everyone loves but it's a complete story so what do you right. do with that but i never thought of it in a way that well you can't touch it you can't you can't do anything else with it i never really thought that i was like like with the before watchman stuff for the most part i was like i like that there's expansion here um, the only issue I have with the before Watchmen stuff is that it wasn't expansion. It was expansion to be like, let's show the other adventures of these characters. And it wasn't nearly as, and it was interesting yeah, stories. Not and, as compelling as the story exactly. in Watchmen. Whereas I felt like Doomsday Clock was, I felt like the HBO show is, you know, just very, or was, I guess, cause they're not, they're probably not going to do another season, which I think is totally fine. I think yeah. that doing these self-contained events and doomsday clock was you know it's it's very unique in that dc event where there's no tie-ins there's no like well here's the batman issue of doomsday clock or here's the you know the teen titans issue it's like that's it's all it's 12 issues that's it and i was like that's the way to do it that's the best option because when you start because that's what happened with before watchmen they start spinning off and everything it's like sure we're getting a little bit more history of these characters but it's like we're getting history of these characters that we, yep. it, it's not it, it's not adding as much to the story. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Watchmen, like the comic, it's chock full of adventures of the characters, mm-hmm. but they're all those adventures are in the story because they're they're uh, you know coloring the character for things that are going to happen later in that story. Yes. So yes. now, if you have these comics where they're just showing like them going off and fighting other villains you know what is it adding to um yeah and and i think uh, like the ending there's one scene in the ending of the movie that's different obviously different from the book which is um 
the that uh, Dan and Lori they don't like change their identities. They're just they're still them. Right. And and that poss I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure, but that possibly. Well, yeah, because they kind of make it seem as if no one still knows that it's them. Right. Right. Because they don't have the scenes where the cops come in. And, right. Yeah. Uh, so they don't. So not having that, they could kind of get away with saying, well, you know, they they can still live in anonymity. Um, versus in the book, like they were exposed. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I would think Lori's identity was always exposed, um, but not the but right, not right. But, but not Dryberg. Um, so you, so you can sort of see that maybe there is some studio thinking. Well, if we keep them that way, if we film it this way, then maybe we can do a sequel. Oh, um, you think that's why they did that? I, I think it's a possibility, but I'm glad that they didn't because, uh, again, like you were saying. I don't think yeah what would you do it, it wouldn't have had the same impact it would have just been the further adventures of night owl and silk specter which might have been fun but i, I don't I think i mean falcon and bucky are doing it so <laughs> but you know but you know those are characters that have a long storied history from the comic books to yeah. draw from um whereas you know night owl and silk specter it's like i i don't know i think they they just that's their story and that's it because it, it might be, like I said, it might be fun to see another adventure, but it's also like, yeah, but Watchmen, you know, it, it sounds strange to say, but it's not fun, right? Like, I mean, it's... Oh, yeah, it's very depressing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's great and everything, and I kind of have fun watching it because I'm such a huge fan of the comic and, and I love the movie, but it's not fun in the same way that, like, watching Avengers Endgame is fun, you know, or watching um, most of the other superhero movies is fun uh, because this one is telling a different story and and i liked and i think with the you know what the comic did was it deconstructed comic books and superheroes you know superheroes are real yeah but also like the the social institutions of of its time like it was very topical yes and i think probably is why it's more somber or or rather you just it's not like it's not like a comic like kingdom come where Mm -hmm. like the most legendary heroes come back for this, you know, big conflict. Right. It's more like a real down-to-earth kind of story. Yeah. Like, the only really fantastical character throughout it is Manhattan. Right. Um, and even then is grounded in some form of science. It's not, like, perfect, but it's... You can still kind of buy it in the reality of the book and in the movie. Um, well, I think... In that sense, Alan Moore was kind of a visionary for dreaming up, you know, at the time he wrote it, th- there was nothing so grounded. Yeah. You right. know? Right. So we are the better for it. I I agree. I think it's a, it's, you know, it, it has something to say. And I'm glad that when Damon Lindelof did agree to do the show, he was like, I'm only going to do this if I have something to say the way Alan Moore had something to say. And I think he did that. Oh, I think he nailed it. Yeah, I, I he, think he, he touched on some really good current issues. Yeah. And, and, and it was stuff that was happening like right before I know stuff happened. You know, it was this was before the, you know, the you know, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Um, it was so it's like eerily foreshadowing in a weird way. Um but yeah. I mean, that, but that I mean, obviously, all those issues, all those feelings, have always been there, and I think what what he did well, the same thing that uh, Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons did well, was not telling a superhero story. Like this is a story about people. Yeah, and you know, it's a testament to developing rich characters, mm-hmm. and that's how you add to the story. Yep. You know, there's a. In the writing world, there's a you know big argument of what come what comes first, the characters or the plot, and uh, they're actually intertwined. When you make the characters the plot, that's when you get those like iconic stories that last forever. Well, that's why I think the original Star Wars movies stand the test of time because they're all about character, whereas like the prequels were more about. Plot. events yeah yeah like stuff happens and the characters are involved with it whereas in the original movies the characters are moving things forward and then the sequels 
they were just like, let's make some money. <laughs> so, Ugh. still, still fun movies to watch though. But um, let's not open this door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, uh, I mean, do you have any other final thoughts on the movie? It's good. It's a good movie. <laughs> it's good. Movie's good. <laughs> good movie. Go uh, check it out. Yeah, I, I, I do recommend it. But I also would say you got to read the book first because I think you get because I think they go together very well. Um, but I also think that. If you just watched the movie, I don't think I don't think you'd like it if you hadn't read the book. I feel like yeah, and I've it. talked to many people who have only seen the movie and they don't understand. They're like, it's dry, it's long, like it's is it a super? It's kind of a superhero movie, but not really. Yeah. So they don't understand what was what was set out, or what the storytellers were setting out to do. Right. Yeah. I mean, the the comic it's thick and it'll take you a while, even for people who read comics regularly but if you enjoy good storytelling it's worth it yeah absolutely all right so uh we are signing off on this episode of the watchmen series and uh just remember nothing ever ends yeah i got it yeah you did that was i I couldn't think of anything to top it that was a good one this time (laughs) 